Saturday. Saturday night's all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are, we, we are back. And we have a little treat for you. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good time. If you're a fan of loosely based Edgar Allan Poe stories and um, the awesome directing of Lucio Fulci. And uh, if you like cats, like me. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about the 1981 uh, thriller horror movie, The Black Cat. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Fucking good times. Yeah. Um, what's new, Jared? What's going on, man? How was the show? Oh, the show was a blast. Curl Manor's awesome. I always like that place. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I've been there. You have not? No. It seems like it'd be a cool place, though. Yeah. Awesome house. Yeah. Been around for... I was talking to... Was I talking to Charlie about this? I was talking to somebody about it at the show. Like, I think that place has been around for like 20 years. Really? Yeah. Pretty close to it, at least. That's cool. Well, I know I've, I've seen shows pop pop up. They're, they're, you know, like on social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, got a punk, metal, mostly punk though, right? Yeah, it's mainly punk. It's a punk house. So yeah, it's yeah. mainly punk shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Unfortunately, I did not make it to the show, but there will be more. <clears throat> I never realized they uh, set up a bar in the back. So I always bring beer when I go to house shows. I'm oh, like, gotcha. I'm like setting our stuff up. And Dave walks over to me. He's like, hey, so here's your drink tokens. They got a bar in the back. Oh, shit. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, so it's just little, like, plastic like, poker chips and just says, like, one free drink. I'm like, all right. Right on. Yeah. They didn't never had one before? I mean, I never paid attention because I always brought my own beer. That's usually. So I never went to the very back of the house. Right. Well, that's cool. Um for those of you who don't know, Jared is in a band called Fulon Devi, and uh, he plays bass, and uh, they played a show at the Crow Manor last week, uh, the day before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And um, it's a band from Chicago, I want to say, yeah, from Chicago, called Mock Execution. Okay, how were they? Awesome. Just straightforward, fucking like old school, like hardcore punk, almost like Euro hardcore. Okay. Kind of had like a, a, like a Italian hardcore punk vibe to it to me okay that's kind of what I took from it but they're fucking pissed yeah hell yeah that's cool yeah I wish I would have fucking made that show but I'll, I'll make the next one yeah I'll put a couple bucks away just for that reason I think our next show is at least as of now is like in first weekend of May okay it's like a Friday I can I can do that um yeah I uh I hung out with my buddy Bob yesterday it was his birthday that was uh, pretty cool, and uh, jammed a little bit with him. That was not cool. <laughs> I'm really bad at drums, and, uh, you know, but I uh, did that. My buddy, uh, old, old friend of mine, came and visited me today that I haven't seen in a long time, AJ. Yeah, dude, you're talking about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It was good to see him. Uh, you know, he's doing the dad thing, and he just got a new car, so he's actually, like, on wheels now. He can actually get around and do shit, so he came by and... Hung out for a little while. That was really cool. 
I can't even remember the last time I seen AJ. Yeah, it's been a long time. We were trying to figure out when the last time we hung out was. And it was like one of those Slayer Dad backyard deals. Oh, yep. Yep. It was like, you know what I mean? That was the last time I saw him. It was probably the last time I was at Slayer Dad's house. I think it was like the 4th of July or something, wasn't it? It was something, yeah. Something him and or... uh, Casey came over. Yeah. Yep. So um, that was cool seeing him. And... Um, yeah, that's that's basically my weekend. That's what I've been up to. Um, anything else? Oh, yeah. You got anything else going on, man? We got some shows coming up. Yeah, there's some shows coming up. There's some shows coming up that I'm going to go to, some shows coming up I'm not going to. Yeah, that's really awful. But <laughs> <laughs> I understand 100%, dude. I, I, I totally get it, man. If I could figure out a way to get in, not necessarily for free, but without giving that fucking place any type of money, mm-hmm. I will be at those shows. Yeah, I don't blame you. Which the acid, which one, I might be able to make happen. Okay, I yeah. might be able to make that happen. I totally forgot about that one. I might talk to those guys and just be like, "Give me in somehow. I'll give every fucking band like what the door price is." Right. Who are they playing with? Was it um, Acid Witch, Slasher Dave? I know those two. And fuck, I want to say it's all locals, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. Or is that a touring band? Thought it was a touring band. I don't know. Either way, it's a good fucking show. Yeah, uh, Acid Witch is always good. Slasher Dave's always good. I like that he's fucking got his shit set now where he can do live live sets. Me too. And then we might see a lot more of the uh, Acid Witch and Slasher Dave on the same bill. In the future, I think so. Which is really fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what band that was. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to try look at them now. Anguish. When the, yeah, duh. Duh. I just it popped in my head. Anguish. Anguish which? and Acid Witch, and you, uh, Hell or High Water. You're gonna be at that fucking show because I'm not missing it. I want to see. Well, yeah, Anguish. you need to see Anguish. You haven't seen. Him I want to see Anguish really bad, dude. I do, and I, I, I fucking, we'll figure out a way. You know enough people at that show, and in those bands, to figure out a way to get into that fucking venue. I'll figure it out. Like I want 100 percent support the bands. So I'll give money straight to the bands. I don't want any of the money going to the venue. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Wear a fucking disguise. I don't know. But that's fucking, that's going to be a, a banger for sure. Yeah. And then fucking Electric Wizards come in here. Yeah. We are going. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. Did you grab up two tickets? Yep. Yep. Fucking A. So. Script up two. Jared and I are going to go see Electric Wizard. That's fucking happening. I, I cannot fucking wait for that, dude. That's going to be so cool. They haven't been in Detroit since, like, 2000. Yeah, it was, like, 2000, 2001. Something like that, yeah. Tim, when we had him on the show from Acid Witch, was saying that he's seen them the last time they played Detroit. And um, that was around the time Dope Throne came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that they were fucking phenomenal. But, you know, we have seen Acid Witch before. I'm sorry, Electric, uh, Electric Wizard. Wizard. We've seen Electric Wizard before. We actually went to uh, Chicago to see them, 
and they put on a hell of a show, man. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, – I know it's probably going to be, but I'm hoping it doesn't get as packed as that show did. It's hard to say because Chicago Chicago. A lot of fucking douchebags at that fucking show. Well, what, what I'm trying to say is Chicago's kind of like a mainstay for a lot of bands to come through, whereas Detroit's not anymore for like bigger bands like that. They always go to fucking Cleveland or Ohio. You know what I see a lot? They'll play Toronto, and, and then, then, they'll have, they'll, then they'll have an off day, and then play Chicago. Bullshit. I'm like, you guys suck. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, man. Like, Conan's playing two shows in Ohio, you know? And it's like, dude, come on, man. The only reason that they played here was because they played a festival. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck, man? You know, like, you get, you know... You got fans here, too. You got people that want to see you here, too. But you, we have to make a drive down to fucking Ohio. It's like every time they tour. Because you remember we were going to go and see them like last year or the year before that? We oh, were gonna, yeah. About remember that. I was like, yeah, let's go to fucking Ohio and see Conan. And it just never happened. Yeah. And this time it's the same thing. They're playing two shows in Ohio and no Detroit date. So, Oh, I've said it before and. I still think it kind of rings true for the most part. When it comes to, like, Doom bands and shit, Detroit doesn't have the biggest scene for that. No, not really. That's understandable. Like, I think it might be starting to kind of, like, become something. But I don't think it's enough to draw on these bigger bands that are doing, like, like, full country tours. Yeah, I know. I know. It's unfortunate. But we we get a lot of really good bands through here though we do yeah for a while there it was spotty I think it's starting to in certain aspects it's starting to build back up <clears throat> yeah like good underground punk and uh, metal mm-hmm. precinct is killing it you know um, you got fucking uh, the Hamtramck uh, venues they always have good bands coming in and out so oh yeah um, so we're not totally like missing out but you know, it just used to be back like, <clears throat> fuck, twenty years ago. We'll say, mm-hmm. every band came through here. Mm-hmm. Every big tour came through here. Every small tour came through here. Fucking everybody came to Detroit, mm-hmm. and then just something happened and just started dying out where they just weren't getting the draw. Yeah, and they just didn't see it as being worth it. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. It's just it's weird. Maybe it's all those people are old now. <laughs> You know, 20 years ago, yeah, things were a lot different. But um, I got a fucking laundry list here of bands that I've been listening to that I really want to plug. So um, I'm going to go through what we've been watching first, and then we'll get into those bands. Let's do that. What have you been watching, man? Not a lot Me that either. I remember. Okay. Okay. Stone Cold, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's been a minute. Okay. I, I, I almost watched it the other day, though. Because um, I found out fucking uh, William Forsythe is going to be at Motor City Nightmares. Right, which we're going to go. We'll probably be there. Might do an episode from there again. Um, that'd be cool. So then I was like, dude, that'd be awesome if I could find like the sweet uh, Italian or German poster that looks like they totally ripped off Terminator. That I showed you? Oh, yeah, yeah. If I could find one of those posters and get them to sign it. So I was digging around looking for that poster, seeing if I could find one for sale. And then I was like, maybe I'll just put in fucking Stone Cold again. <laughs> right. 
But no, I wasn't. I didn't watch Stone Cold. Uh, but I did watch A Clockwork Orange. Cool. Because that's been... Shit, that's been a really long time since I watched that movie. I haven't seen that in years, dude. I used to watch that movie a lot back in... Shit. About 15 years ago? Yeah, same here. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Still like it. Still holds up to me. Like, it wasn't one of those things that I liked when I was a kid and don't like now. Really like that movie a lot. Yeah. Oh, quick, uh, just before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sepultura made a concept album based on Clockwork Orange, the whole album. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, it's killer. I'm guessing it was like a post. Oh, yeah. It was Derek era. Yeah. Yeah, it came out in like 20, 2006. Something like that. But, yeah, just if you ever get a chance, check it out. It's like a full concept themed of the Clockwork Orange and pretty cool so oh, yeah and then um I'm, I'm, i meant to watch it back in february when they first added it but on shutter i watched uh film noir which is like a history of uh like black horror okay like going all the way back to like the super racist fucking shit yeah to like pretty much where they were at like in the 90s and 2000s and today mm-hmm. fucking awesome oh okay touched on movies that i some didn't know about Others just forgot about. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, some in the 70s that, that were really killer, like exploitation mm-hmm. or black exploitation. They touched on that a little bit and said that, like, that was like a it was like a double-edged sword. Okay. Where it was awesome because of what it was. Like it it helped and it wasn't it wasn't as negatively portraying them as it was before. Right. But they'd get people walking like calling them like pimp and shit. Like Oh, you, you get a new hat pimp? And, like, the one guy who said, I can't remember who it was, but he was like, yeah, he's like, so some white dude said that to me. He's like, and honestly, I feel like he honestly thought he was giving me a compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah, because of the way things were portrayed in yeah. the film. And- he's like, so they kind of went, it was, it was kind of like a weird, like, uh, like, we're getting these moves made, we're getting work done, we're, like, the main, like, the leads in these roles. He's like, but it's kind of having this adverse effect. Mm-hmm. So then it got into like um, the 90s and the 2000s where you're starting to see black leads not portrayed in like a stereotypical black way, but just a normal fucking person. Right, yeah. And they weren't getting killed off. They weren't fucking first to die. They're actually the ones staying till the end, surviving the whole movie. Or in like like the Candyman where he was the main, Mm -hmm. he was the star of the movie and, you know, or, you know, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, there's they touched on the Living Dead. They touched on Candyman, and somebody even made a comment though, like how like yeah, Candyman was it was this great thing, mm-hmm. but then you could tell it was written by a white person because he ended up like falling for and lusting after this like white blonde haired woman. Oh yeah, they're like it kind of ties back into the whole like original King Kong, where it's like this like primitive ape is like now lusting after this blonde white woman and they're oh, like, yeah. he's like it's they were like it still had its like little things that were you could tell it was written by a white person but it made like really good strides and really good steps and it was a really good thing gotcha yeah yeah that's like uh you know as far as like the 70s and shit i just remember what what's that movie it's fucking t- totally awful uh forced entry oh forced entry yeah or no fight for your life Okay, I was going to say, Four Centuries, amazingly brutal. 
like so is fight for your life have you ever seen that one? i have not seen fight for your oh life. my god it's fucking brutal dude yeah. forced entry is too yeah but fight for your life it's it's a revenge film you know but fuck to sit through that is pretty rough i remember posting it and lewis was like that movie's fucking nails, man. You gotta have like a heart of stone to fucking watch that. You know what I mean? Have to check it out. <clears throat> yeah. Just without any spoilers, just like these criminals break out of jail or something and break into a black family's home and hold them hostage. And they are very loose lipped in that movie mm. with what they say and what they do. Well, when did it come out? Like 1977. Okay. Makes so, sense. Yeah. But, uh,. Eventually, things turn for the better at at the end. It's like a revenge film, but that first half is a oh, it's fucking, fucking rough. rough city, dude. Yeah, it's like it's uncomfortable to sit through, man. But yeah, um, you know, it's got a cult following and stuff for whatever. You know, like being like an exploitation film. Like those are movies that I don't mind sitting through by myself or like with like like-minded people who were like know what they're getting into yes but to sit in a theater well to sit in a theater or to be like movie night with friends and some of the friends aren't really into horror or exploitation type mm. shit and they don't know what they're getting into that couldn't like that's like too uncomfortable it is it's <laughs> rough mm-hmm. yeah you don't you don't invite like a bunch of people over and have snacks and hors d'oeuvres and shit and watch I spit on your grave. It's you not like I mean? inviting coworker Chris over who's never fucking been to your house. Yeah. Let's delve into your world. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck's this guy up to? <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I've been trying to find a copy of that, actually, just to own it. Yeah. To fight for your life. And, um, it goes for a pretty penny on VHS, but I might be able to find a DVD or something. Yeah. But um, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, you know, if you're into shocking, just no holds barred fucking violence and, you know, dialogue and shit, man, you know, it's you've seen worse. That's just it's not the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. It's just uncomfortable because the time it came out and what what's portrayed. So. No, I I. I can pretty much get what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But if you know what you're getting into ahead of time, then you know you should, you know, and you, like you said, like-minded people or whatever. You like know. knowing what you're like getting, me and you could sit and watch it. Yeah, you know, and you know, but you don't like you said, you don't want to invite people over and fucking knowing what you're getting into and knowing what the end result of the movie is. Yes. So you don't, you know, that it's not like okay, it's going to start off pretty fucking rough. Yeah, yeah, but. They get their fucking comeuppance at the end. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what else you been watching, man? Oh, um, oh yeah, uh, Girl in Room Two A. Yeah, you let me borrow that. Yeah, but put that in the stack of cool. movies I gave you, which is just a fucking um, Jalo film, American. Okay. Oh, American. It's made by Americans. Um, I'm blanking on what they did before this. But they did something before. They had like a little bit of success, and then decided like, "Hey, let's fucking ride these coattails," and they fucking made Jello film. And I think it's actually s- it's set over there. It's not. A- Wait, no. Where the fuck is this movie set in? I can't even remember. Either way, it's not an Italian film. It's an American film. Okay. But um, it's not the best, not the worst. It's pretty oh, okay. decent. Right on, right on. It just fits right in there. Is it uh seventies, eighties? Seventies. 
Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, because uh, the last episode we did torso, torso, mm-hmm. and I had made mention that I wanted to get more into Jallo films and shit that I haven't seen, and uh, <clears throat> Jared let me borrow a stack of Jallo films that I'm really excited to watch. So um, that's what that's what I'm going to be doing the next week. Oh yeah, you know checking those out <clears throat> but yeah okay so you've been watching that that's cool uh the girl in 2a yep yeah the girl in room 2a room 2a that's cool um me yeah what's been going on with you what you been watching uh i watched falling down the other day great movie i love that <laughs> fucking movie i just was in the mood for something different than horror and I, it just was sitting on a stack of tapes in my closet, and I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to watch Falling Down. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely uh, one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. Um, it got, you know, it touches on a lot of uh, subjects. Did you give me one of those briefcases? Yeah. You have two. I got none. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving you my goddamn briefcase. <laughs> Look, fellas, I've had a really rare morning. <laughs> but yeah, uh, watch Falling Down. I love that fucking movie. Um, if you ever want to hear a really awful song uh, from a really great band that was in a very low point of their career, check out a song called Man on the Edge. Uh, it's an Iron Maiden song during the Blaze Bailey era. And it's about falling down, the movie. And um, it's pretty bad when a metal band uses the lyrics birthday presents in their song. Uh, it just kind of takes away from the grit of metal. Well, isn't that kind of like when fucking Dave Mustaine was talking about the fucking Pied Piper? <laughs> the same thing. It's the same fucking thing. It's like what the, uh, marionettes and shit. It's like, what are we doing here? What's going on? But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day just passed, and I watched the first Leprechaun. And I have to say that the early Jennifer Aniston is a total fox. I never, just in that movie, because she had dark hair. Mm-hmm. In French, she was blonde. Ish. Right? It was like blonde yeah, like yeah. streak. It was like the '90s when they did like streaks and shit. Yeah, like weird, and I don't know. Uh, but she was. She was pretty fucking hot, and I didn't realize, because it's been so long since I've seen The Leprechaun, the first one, that the dude from April Fool's Day is in that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I just put two and two together, and then the dude from Pee Wee. Um, what's that guy's name, the bigger guy? Uh, from Pee Wee, Big Top Pee Wee? Oh, or, Big Top Pee Wee. No, no, maybe it was uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What's, what's the one with the bike? That's Big Adventure. Yeah. In the very, very beginning, when he's like... That's my name. Don't wear it out. And he's talking to that guy. The guy who wants his bike? Yeah, the, the guy who the wants The fucking his... annoying fucking rich kid? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember his name, but I knew what you were talking about. He's in it, too. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. Two things. One, you say Jennifer Aniston was hot young. Watch her in the breakup, and she's still fucking hot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two... The goddamn scene in fucking Leprechaun where they're just chucking shoes out there and he just has to take his time to start fucking polishing them. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. 
I mean, <laughs> I can't handle that scene. Dude, that fucking franchise started off with a bang and just got more obnoxious. That's in the first one. I know. It started <laughs> off with a bang. It's just like, you know, and you know, he's he's always after his lucky clovers and shit. But I did okay, we'll see. I've seen the first one. I don't think I've seen the second one, but I've seen Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Back to the Hood. I haven't seen those. Isn't there a Leprechaun in space too? Yes. He they yes. Okay. Fairly I certain seen that. I've seen the first two. Yeah. I've seen the hood ones. The hood one. Uh, is it in the hood and back to the hood? Or am I making one of those up? But one of them has fucking uh, iced tea in it. Okay. I, I haven't seen them. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I've heard of I've heard of Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. Because I know sci-fi did it like they always play the lepre- Leprechaun movies. Like, okay. You know when a... When a that franchise just got bad. Oh, it got real bad. But those two movies, not like phenomenally great, like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. But those two movies are actually not fucking bad. Really? The, uh... They're ridiculous. Back to the Hood is fucking ridiculous as shit. Oh, wow. But I didn't mind it. But also I watched it when I was younger. And oh, I think okay. maybe that kind of helps it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'll have to check those out. I, I thought about trying to score like a fucking box set or something with all the Leprechaun movies. Just because. I know I'll never. I think I own a handful of them. Like probably at least the first three. Mm-hmm. But I never put them on. No, I, I bought the first one because I didn't have it. And the first one's the best one. Yeah, but that's just like a franchise that I never I never actually cared about that fucking franchise. No, no, it just got too ridiculous, you know. So, I don't know. The first one's not bad though. I watched that, and then uh, I had insomnia really bad last night. I couldn't sleep, man, and uh, I threw on Missing in Action, Chuck Norris, and I didn't realize that it was directed by Joseph Zito, who also oh, did shit. The Prowler and Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Uh, he also did another Chuck Norris movie, Invasion USA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Joseph Zito, killer director. Um, you know, he's, he's he's good. I watched that. And then uh, I threw in the uh, Elvira double feature of I Eat Your Skin and Night of the Living Dead. Nice. Yeah, with her, like, little commentary mm-hmm. thrown in. Loved it. See, I, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was flipping through... Uh one of the ch- uh, channels I got on Roku mm-hmm. and had a bunch of her like movies presented by her and they're all like those super like old 50s B movies yes which that's kind of was, was her thing yeah and I was like man I really wish she did more like 70s or even like 80s movies with her because I like her I like her character I like the shit she does even on those B movies like the way she does it yeah but I fucking can't sit through a lot of those fucking 50s B movies, man. I know, it's hard, I know. She she kind of helps it a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. with her commentary and like her like nuances and I read um that at one point she was supposed to do um Cannibal Ferox. Oh, wow. She said no. Yeah, I don't yeah. She was like, I'm not, I, I won't do this movie. Yeah, no, I don't really see that happening. 
I'm like, man, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? I wish it was something that got recorded and then then she just decided not to fucking release it because somebody would have found that shit and released it. Ah, true. Yeah, she probably said like, "Stay on that, like, real quick." Yeah. No way. But yeah, I watched that and uh, finally I watched Fatal Games. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but if mm-hmm. you're new to the show. Fatal Games is a fucking killer slasher movie from the early 80s with a killer soundtrack and a killer theme song. And it's about um, a slasher going around this uh, campus, this college campus, um, offing these students that are trying out for the Olympics. And the killer can throw a javelin, apparently, six miles. He's pretty good with it. Yeah. Yeah. So... uh, (laughs) He's handy with the javelin. Yeah, he's uh, definitely a javelin-throwing son of a gun. So <laughs> there's that's what I've been watching, man. Fucking. Yeah. I remember trying to get Couple Skate to play that song. I know. <laughs> play the song from Fatal Games, man. I look back, it's you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> dude, that song's killer. I jam that in the shower, dude. Like, I have an 80s playlist, and it's on there. And it's just, like, pumps me up for the day, man. It's my coffee in the morning. I have a playlist with a bunch of, like, uh, 80s horror movie songs. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're, they're like, you know. It's like, I wish that was still incorporated in horror now. Like, awesome soundtracks with, like, theme songs and shit. You know? Yeah, that shit's fucking dead. Yeah, it's like dead as disco, basically, man. Yeah, like no soundtrack shit. isn't a thing. Like writing songs just for a movie isn't a thing. I know. I miss that shit, man. It was going on. Okay, so they did it in the '90s. Still, did that carry into the 2000s at all? Um, I started fading out for sure. Um, I I'm, I want to say that there was like songs written for like Final Destination and fucking shit like that, but and you could probably buy the soundtrack to those early 2000s but it, they started phasing that out you know it was like once internet got huge they could promote you know the movies without having like a song or a music video to like I think the reason that that happened mostly was because MTV went to shit <laughs> because if you think about it dude all back, you know back in the day all those theme songs had music videos and clips from the movie yeah not even just horror, just movies in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that Brian Adams video from fucking Robin Hood. I can't tell you <laughs> how many motherfucking times that uh, came on my TV screen when I was a kid, man. I mean, they played the fuck out of that, man. And videos always had, if there was a video that mm-hmm. was on a soundtrack for a movie, you always had, like, the normal video and then the video that was for the movie. Yes. And it was basically the same video, but then they would splice in scenes from the movie. From the movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think once MTV went to shit, they were like, eh. I've actually, you know what my theory is on that? Blair Witch Project was the first movie that had no fucking soundtrack, no fucking theme song, and sold millions of fucking tickets because of the internet. And they realized that they could promote on the internet. It was a new thing. And people would buy tickets to go see a movie without there being a music video with scenes from the movie. I think that's what happened. 
it's, it's possible. It's possible that they realized that they didn't need that. They didn't need to put out the money to hire this fucking pay this band. Yeah. To fucking write a movie or mm-hmm. write a song for this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that all started with Blair Witch, man, because there's like not one nuance of fucking one note played in that entire movie, and it they made a lot of money doing that movie. So, yeah, you know what I mean. They made a lot of fucking money. Um, there was just this mystique around that movie, like on the internet and on TV, where people were like, "What the fuck is this?" and people thought it was real and shit. And they, well, yeah, they were like the first movie to do that whole viral campaign mm-hmm. and play up the whole like. This is 100% real, and these fuckers are dead. And we found this footage in the woods mm-hmm. in a fucking old witch house, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I gotta say, as far as the Blair Witch goes, just off subject, I, I really dig the second one. Still haven't seen it. I'll let you borrow it. I think I own it. Uh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... The chicks are hot, and it's it's pretty cool. I've only seen the first one once, and that was in theaters with my dad. And it was like the only movie me and him by ourselves went to the movies to see. Really? It was like really weird. Like I think I brought this up in another episode, but it was almost like a weird like. I think it was supposed to be like a bonding thing, <laughs> but it was Blair Witch. Yeah, but it was like I'm like wh- me and you never do shit by ourselves. Like what's going on? And he was like, hey, "You want to go see this movie? Well, let's go." And me and him went in the theater and watched it and. That was the last time I seen Blair Witch Project. Really? And then I seen the fucking the aftermath ever since of shitty fucking movies I hate. I know. I know. I uh I actually pop that in about once a year. The first Blair Witch. Yeah. I enjoy it. Always have. I mean, I don't mind it. Especially you you got to look at that one like cuz I fucking hate found footage movies. Me too. Like there's like that's the granddaddy of them. For though. every like 100 there's like one good one. Yeah, true. And you have to look at that one as ground zero. You can't look at it as you looked at all the other ones that came no. out after it. No. Because, no, this was like before all that. So this is with them doing shit before that stuff was fucking done. Right. And I actually give it up to them for some of their fucking ideas. Like, they used GPS before GPS was like a big thing. They were like, we can use GPS to mark our locations. Yeah. So we don't need to have these film crews and it could just kind of be a, you're following the GPS to where we need to go. Yeah. So you don't, so you can have a continuous shot and a continuous cut type of thing. Right. And then I think I said this in another episode too, the way they used, they, 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 they would give one actor a set of lines and or like a, not a set of lines, but like a script. Yeah, like a little script, like synapse or whatever. Like your character knows exactly where you're going. Da 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 da. And then another person will get the thing that says their person doesn't know where they're going. You need to stay like on top of them and make it go the other way. But then the other person says like, be determined to fucking go where you're going. So it made this like. Yeah. Clash yeah. without them really knowing because they're just given lines and no one knew any other's like circumstance type of thing. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, that was fucking. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty clever. But uh, uh, where's the map? The map? Yeah. I threw that fucking thing in the river a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, what have you been jamming, man? I wrote down a, like I, a couple things. 
Literally two things. Two things? This is what I wrote down. Make them count. What do you got? Because I've been jamming more than that, but it's pretty much these are the two things that I've recently been jamming. The uh, Absolute and Paranoid Split. Paranoid is a band from Japan. No, they're from Sweden. Sweden? I thought there was a Japan Paranoid. Nope, they're from Sweden, but they use Chinese characters for their name. That's probably where I'm getting it mixed up. Yes. Gotcha, okay. But they're from Sweden, and they're fucking ripping raw punk. <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, probably one of the better bands going. And then uh, Absolute is just like raw punk D-beat from Toronto. Okay, cool. And their fucking split is phenomenal. Uh, came out a handful of years ago. I can't remember the year. Okay. Isn't someone in Paranoid that's in another band? I can't remember all the members, but I guarantee it, yes. Yeah, because I thought you mentioned a band on a previous episode and you said this dude's also in a band called Paranoid. Probably. So, yeah. That I, sounds about right. Yeah. Because I do know, I can't think of the, I can't think of their the actual names right now, but I, I I know somebody in Paranoid has been like pretty active in something else before. Okay. So they're probably, yeah, that's probably right. Okay. I'm drinking on an empty stomach here. Yeah. <laughs> I brought a frozen pizza, so we're going to get into that after the show. Um, but yeah, dude, that split, Face Ripper, man. Fuck um, yeah. Everything by both of those bands should be checked out. And then um, dug into my tapes and got the fucking uh, Mania for Conquest from, I think it was like 2015. The um, Are We Doomed to Repeat the Mistakes of Our Past? That is just straight up like discharge worship in the best way possible. Okay. This band split between uh, North Carolina and Philadelphia. Um, I think, as far as I know, they have three releases. Uh, last one being 2017, so they're not like crazy active, but I think they're still, you know, together. But just amazing, amazing fucking tape. Okay. So yeah, check out Mania for Conquest. Check out Absolute. Check out Paranoid. Word? Fuck yeah, man. What about you, man? And then you said you got like a list. Yeah, I do. But um, you always have a list. I'll make it quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like. Um, this band from uh, Finland called Loinen, they have an album called Kotelo. They're a sludge band from, uh, from Finland. And uh, they're a uh, total fucking like wall of noise, just angry fucking sludge music. They're fucking awesome. Uh, stumbled across them the other day. And a band that a lot of people should know that probably don't know, Grime. And surprisingly, they're on tour with Windhand right now overseas. They've been around forever. And I've been jamming their uh, self-titled. Uh, they're from Italy. And their self-titled came out in 2011. And there's another album that I've been jamming from Grime that I can't think of the name of the album, but the artwork is really killer. Um, Grief, I, I threw in Torso the other day. It's from, uh, 1998. Uh, it's like their later stuff before they broke up. It's really good. Um, Slab Dragger, Regress, from the UK. Came out in 2011. I definitely like that better than the release after that. Um, they're just like a, like a sludge doom band. That fucking name. Yeah, Slab Dragger that fucking is a great rules. name. Yeah. 
The reason that it took them so long to put out a sophomore effort was because the singer literally ruptured his vocal cords recording regress. Hmm. Literally damaged permanently. And so did he go that James Hetfield route? No. So he actually did it right? He did it right. Hetfield could have learned a lesson? He fucking healed his fucking vocal cords and came back and they made an even angrier record. See? Hetfield sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that he does. Um, Green Machine, highly recommended for Jared Twig. <laughs> They're from Japan. Their album's called Damn, acronym. Uh, they're a sludge band, but man, they are fucking brutal, dude. Just fucking, I don't know if you see me post it the other day, but it's the chick with her head fucking blown off with the blood coming out, dude. I posted on Instagram. I'm like, dude, this is fucking, this is prime good shit, dude. Um, Sludge from Japan. Uh, Cloud. Um, They had a self-titled album that came out that I've mentioned before, but uh, with a song called Grim Reefer that they have a video for. It's just two guys, instrumental doom band. They have a new record that came out last year, and they're from Pittsburgh. And uh, I might fuck up the name of this album, but it's like Do X Machina. And uh, it's a concept album about the end of the world. It's fucking great. Um, Bong Lord from Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been jamming them. They're self-titled. They haven't put anything out since then, so I'm kind of wondering if they're still active or not. But uh, now we're going to get into the good shit here, okay? <laughs> rot from Brazil. Oh, you, you found Rot? Rot fucking rules. Because I didn't show you Rot, so you, no. just, you just found them. OG Grindcore Mints. Which ones you listen to? Uh, Cruel Face of Life. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, fuck. Rot <laughs> rules, dude. I was like fucking, I was almost sent them to you, like, dude, but I figured you already knew who they were. And I just, I, I, I love it. I think that album came out in, like, 94. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're OG as fuck. Mm-hmm. Been around forever. I think, as far as I know, they're still active. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, R- yeah, Rot's fucking awesome. Rot has been, like, especially, like, younger cats, like, when they get in the mints and grind and stuff, especially mints, they're, like, fucking Rot. It's, like, a lot of people look at that band as fucking inspiration, like, the way people look as, like, AG is an inspiration and... Jagathas and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot take from fucking rot. Yeah, rot rules, dude. And their mince parts are fucking like way ahead of their time. They're 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 really heavy and they're really fucking you know, I mean it's it's just good. It's like a good slab of music, man. Um and then I found this band from Greece, it's a one man project, um, called Cash. K H A S H. Okay. And uh they're they're a mince gore grind band. Or the guy is. Pretty good. Came across that. Um, Acid Feast and Glob. Yes. You yeah. found those guys too. Yes, I did. Fucking the split that they did. Acid Feast is from Seattle. Yep. And um, Glob is from Texas, El Paso. Uh, Glob is fucking amazing. Yeah. Glob is more um, kind of a mince gore grind. I'd say Acid Feast is more of a grind band, kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's pretty sick. The uh, on the split, the acid feast uh, glob split. Um, the acid feast side has the cannibal holocaust theme music and intro and outro, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, 
I'm not sure of all the releases, but I think Girth did an Acid Feast split. I thought I did see that. I thought I did see that. Um, I, it's just, those guys are fucking amazing. I'm going to have to try to... See, now that I know you're really delving into some shit, I need to start sending you some stuff. Yeah, do that. Cause I'm, cause I'm, I'm all over the place now. Like I, I'm really putting my hands in a bunch of different cookie jars. There's a lot of shit I just never showed you because I didn't think you were like would be feeling it, so I just never fucking showed you. I it. fucking love it, dude. Um, uh, yeah, Glob especially, dude. Glob is fucking great, man. Um, a band from Seattle. They're a thrash band mixed with death metal called Oxygen Destroyer. These guys are fucking blazing fast death metal, thrash metal in the vein of early Sepultura. Um, they're really fucking good. Uh, band, uh, thrash band from Greece. They had a album come out last year. They're called Violent Definition. They're okay. I mean, it's just blueprint thrash. Uh, their album Life Sentence. Um, a band from Canada called Chaos Century. Uh, the Decaying Morality EP. They're a thrash band. And then from Sweden, Bastard Priest, man. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bastard Priest fucking rules, man. Just kind of some old school death metal. Um, this band that I, I put a star next to their name, uh, Sifter. Uh, they're from Japan. The Evil Fucker EP from 2014. These guys are fucking just balls to the wall sludge, man. Just a wall of sound. Amp worship. Um, they're fucking awesome. Endless Swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, been getting into them guys. The Imprison in Skin. They're a power violence band from Scotland. Um, Bayonet. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're a power violence band. Um, Bayonet. They're a Total Massacre EP. And then a couple more here. Uh, Iron Monkey and Church of Misery split from 1999. Mm, shit. Yeah, really good. Uh, fucking what's up, Dean Barry? happening dean jackal uh deterioration the power of positive thinking okay yeah 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 i fucking spun that twice like it oh yeah man and then finally the haggis and acid feast split jam that that's good shit yeah yeah so i kind of got into some different shit on this one but i definitely liked rot and i definitely liked acid feast and i definitely liked um I, I'm really getting into deterioration, man. I really like that. I know that they're like the blueprint okay. for, for you know the gore, the gore grind scene or the grind scene, kind of. Um, but you know they have like sweatpants and shit. Like they're not fucking around. The deterioration just—they're a fucking workhorse of a band. Yeah, they don't stop, and like they push out a shit ton of merch, but they also are constantly touring. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense, and they're also constantly pushing out fucking releases. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're not like those bands who have like one cassette tape and have like eight T-shirts, right? Like they they do that shit for a reason. It's because I I can't even tell you how many times I've seen them post when they've been on tour and been like, "Hey, who in City X do I know that can print us some shirts that we can pick up within the next two days? We're all out of merch." That's cool. Like, and they're constantly touring. Yeah. Yeah. They're fucking, they're great, man. Um, and then the, uh, the Church of Misery Iron Monkey split, dude, that was, that was definitely fucking blew my mind. I never knew it existed. But, yeah, so 
that's what I've been jamming. Um, I don't know, hopefully uh, anyone listening to the show kind of seeks out some of those bands that they may not have heard and likes them. Yeah, you get more luck with that, I think. Yeah, but I mean, I've been kind of changing a little bit. It's not so much doom, you know, it's kind of other stuff, too. I like the fast shit, too. The short and fast, the long and hard. I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> I like it all, brother. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I think I think just a lot of the people don't. They know when I talk about a lot of these bands that it's just going to be noisy stuff, and they don't fucking give a shit about it. But well, I think like the Doom stuff and the Sludge stuff, you're gonna, we're going to have more fans that actually like are willing to check that stuff out. Yeah, true. Yeah. Which, whatever, I'll throw it out there for like the ones and twos that actually care about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything you've showed me is fucking great, man. So anyone that's hears this, check out what Jared mentions, man. Because, <laughs> dude, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even have sought after these bands. You know what I mean? Like, especially the power violence stuff and the grind stuff. You know, it's like, you show me, you know, next stop is punk. I'm going to, like try to find some really good harsh punk bands dude i remember the first time i showed you is charisma oh and i still love that band dude and you're like who the fuck are these guys yeah. are you kidding me with this yeah that shit was killer dude. i was in the bag that yeah. night we were we, we were fucking we were on one that night yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty we're pretty drunk yeah and i was like dude these guys are fucking awesome man it's Turismo's amazing yeah yeah they're fucking great <clears throat> but uh yeah I don't so, know. Maybe one day an episode will coincide with me listening to something that's not just raw punk. <laughs> and I'll have different bands to right. talk about. But it's, it seems like it's always like, yeah, raw punk. More raw punk. Yeah. Which is cool, man. There's That's that's awesome, man. Dude, it's what I dig, and I think more people need to fucking dig on it. But it's one of those things where if you're not into punk... you yeah, you don't give a fuck about it. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people might not know this. We've been doing this show for a while, but you come from a punk background. I come from a metal background, and somehow we just kind of crossed. Paths. We got some Venn diagram going in there somewhere with like, yeah, shared interest. Yeah, yeah. So musically, <laughs> um, it's like this band, and I'll listen to like these early albums. And that same band, you'll listen to those later albums. True, true, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. It's it's like that, you know. But we we there's a common ground, man. So metal and punk all day, and all its subgenres too. Right. You know what I mean? Fucking, I, I like it all. It's all good. But on this episode, we're going to be talking about um, once again the uh, 1981 Fulci classic, The Black Cat. Yes. Uh, this movie, I just watched it about an hour and a half ago, and uh, I like it. This movie, I feel, kind of gets overlooked. kind of does, because his other movies are more... Well, it's also, it was it got released sandwiched in between the movies that are praised as like his greatest fucking work. True story. And it kind of, compared to those, pales in comparison. It does. Like, it was released in between... Fucking uh, City of Living Dead was before it. Um, House by the Cemetery was right before it, just in the same year. And then uh, The, the Beyond. Beyond was right after it the same year. Mm-hmm. Like, this came out in between that. 
Yeah, true. I didn't. I didn't really think about that, but you're right. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I really liked the way this movie was shot. Yeah, I think it was a uh, very classy the way the way it was shot because it's kind of tough to get an animal to do what you want it to do, you know. And somehow they figured out a way to do that, you know, to get it good shots in. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm, I would I would be surprised if they were able to get those fairly quick. I'm thinking they had a lot of fucking shots to get. That's what I'm thinking too. All the stuff for that cat to do what they wanted it to do. True story. To make a full movie out of it, you know. I mean, you really got to follow a cat around, and I'm I'm a fucking dad of two cats and I know that it's not easy. I tried taking a selfie with fucking Tin Man the other day and he just was not cooperating, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought that it was uh they did a good job on the you know, he did a really good job shooting the uh footage for this. Well yeah, and there's like some scenes, especially like the well the, the, like the scenes of the village, because it takes place in England, and then the scenes in the cemetery those could have been like a fucking Bava film. Those could have been like a fucking Hammer Horror film. Yeah, like true. They're really, really good fucking shots. Mm-hmm. But they also ha- are very Fulci-esque. Like, they got the fucking fog rolling through. Mm-hmm. And they just have that fucking feel. Yeah. And then in the uh, the tombs underground, mm-hmm. all the spider webs and cobwebs and shit, and the, the dingy, you know, it, it looked really cool. Yeah. When she finds the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, and she picks it up, and there's like spider webs fucking stretching out. Like, yeah, he definitely threw his little twist on it, but um, it's it's loosely based on um, the Black Cat by uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It's a short story. Yeah, they basically said, well, there's a black cat, and at some point, a lady gets bricked into a wall, and they went from there. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> And a guy that tries to kill the cat numerous times. Yeah, they owed that too. But yeah, um, what uh, I, I wanted to say something about the score because it's pretty killer, even though it wasn't frizzy or it wasn't Goblin. Yeah, um, it's not frizzy. I can't remember exactly who it is, and I didn't write that down. But it's stellar. The main the main score that mm-hmm. plays like during the the, the credits. Yeah, yeah. Get stuck in my goddamn head. Yeah, yeah. But it's really fucking good. Yeah, it is. It's like a kind of a stringed instrument. I think there's some flute things going on in there. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I like it. <laughs> it's soothing. Yeah, it's very calming. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this movie uh, in its own way is pretty brutal, actually. Yeah, well, it's. So he he did this as a favor to the producer. He directed it. Cuz okay. it's not it's not his movie. Like but he decided to direct it as a favor to the producer. And so he he was able to add his his own style, his touch to things, right? Which the brutality, the kills, the fucking goriness of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And you see it in some of the shots like his signature fucking like focusing on those fucking eyes where it's just a shot of just the person's eyes yeah the zoom in real close to the fucking eyes like 
all those shots that he's done throughout his fucking career that you see in all his like bigger movies, they're in this fucking movie. You can yeah. tell it's a Fulci movie. Yeah, for based sure. off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the uh, special effects were pretty good for you know, like when the the, the two um, teenagers die in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Like oh, they first crack that door open. Yeah, that scene, and it's like a quick, like one second, two second reveal Mm -hmm. but the door cracks open you just see her just like there and her fucking head all like chewed up and fucking rotting a little bit yeah yeah they're all like decomposed and shit i'm like dude this is great that shot's killer then it's like flashes and they go in yeah 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 but uh it really kind of like you know sets you up for like how they really died they just basically fucking withered away in this yeah they, they fucking like suffocate and then rats start eating their face yeah yeah, pretty cool, man. Good shit. But uh, essentially, this movie's about a cat just being a menace. Well, it's like this dude, the 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 guy um, played by Patrick uh, McGee, McGee, who yeah. was actually from Clockwork Orange. Yes, he played like the writer who they uh, raped his wife in the towards the beginning. Yeah. Um. It pretty much you find out like he's controlling this cat in the beginning. Yeah. And then towards the end, the cat just kind of, like, gets killed and comes back. And then he can't be controlled. Yeah. He's like, I can't control him anymore. He beat me. He survived death. Yeah, he cheated death. Yeah. Um, He, uh, yeah, it's like he kind of controls the cat, like, halfway through the movie. Yeah, like, the cat kind of does what he tells him to do because this guy kind of has some, like, powers type of thing. You mm-hmm. can see shit, whatever. Town drunk thinks he hears him talking to the dead. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be like a medium. Yeah, he's pretty much like a medium. <clears throat> and, okay, so that character, they originally asked Peter Cushing to play it. Really? Peter Cushing turned him down because of the reputation Fulci has for making gory horror movies. Oh, what the fuck. And then I guess they approached Donald Pleasance as well, and I think he just had, like, he didn't, he just, like, didn't want to do it, or conflicting issues. Halloween 2 came out that year. Was it? Oh, 81. Yeah. That might have been it. His interests were elsewhere because he probably seen that there was more profitable to do another Halloween movie than it would be to do. That would make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Peter Cushing, I could see in this role. Me too. Donald Pleasance, I could not. No. But Patrick McGee, I feel is actually the better choice. Yeah. The way he plays that character. Which is the same way he played the character in A Clockwork Orange the second time he ran into Alex. Yeah. Like, he just plays that fucking, like, the character of being, like, pissed off and vindictive and, yeah. like, kind of, like, not all there. Fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely, that that's him in this movie, too, man. It fucking, it, it lends itself very well. Like, I think Peter Cushing could have pulled that off and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad... I'm almost glad Peter Cushing turned it down because I think it works fucking better with McGee. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I think it would be good with Peter Cushing, though. That'd be fucking killer, dude. 
I mean, he's been in a handful of fucking just heavy hitters back in the day, you know. Oh yeah, he's fucking going back to the Hammer days and. Oh fuck yeah, dude! You know, and he—I'm sure he was uh, a little inspired by the uh, original Black Cat movie that came out in 1934. Yeah, you know what I mean. But <clears throat> either way, McGee did a really good job, and I thought I thought he fucking nailed it. So that's good. Um. You got any other notes on this? The fucking... Okay, well... Pretty much everybody in this goddamn movie has been in, like, at least one Fulci movie. Yes. Fucking Al Cliver and David Warsick were both in The Beyond. Al Cliver was also in, like, Zombie. Zombie. And then, like, every fucking Fulci made-for-TV movie that came out, like, he was in, like... Everything. Yeah, I noticed him right away. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that dude's in zombie. Like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, fucking the, the one chick... What, <laughs> the fucking... The scene where the house burns down and the chick's inside. Oh, and she's trying rough. to battle it with the pillow. Yeah, she's trying to, like, fight off a fire with a pillow. And the whole room's on fire. Yes. So then she ends up catching a fire, and it's basically just like a robotic device flailing its arms on wheels going across the room. Yeah, it's Johnny Five. Basically, yeah, it's Johnny Five. It 100% <laughs> is Johnny fucking Five. Or the thing from Chopping Mall. With a mask <laughs> and flailing arms. On fire. It's amazing. That yeah. scene is fucking great. Yeah. Um, but that chick almost died. Really? Doing that? A piece of, the, like, the, the breakaway ceiling fell on her. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like the whole room's on fire. Oh, God. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, because the ceiling started caving in and shit. Yeah. But, I mean, this movie, like, we've, we've pretty much already said, like, the feel of it's great. The feel of it is 100% a Fulci movie. It has the gore. It has, um... Like you said, like when the movie started, it has almost like a slasher vibe to it. it does. Well, it's because they do a lot of like the POV shots from the cat's view. Yes. Um, and granted, they took they took a shit ton of liberties with the Poe story, but the <clears throat> I guess like just the main structure of the story is there to an extent, and um, it 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 plays out well. It does. Like, this movie isn't really boring. It doesn't really drag a lot. I mean, maybe a couple parts, but nothing major. No. You just can't go into this movie expecting, like, City of the Living Dead or fucking The Beyond. Like, no, you, you gotta look, you got to almost look at this, like, go into this movie comparing it maybe to his early work. Comparing it to, like... Don't Torture a Duckling. Yeah, li- Woman in a... Liz- Liz- what the fuck's that one called? Uh, Lizard, Lizard and Woman Woman's Skin. Skin. There it is. Compared to like his earlier stuff, his early almost giallo stuff, before he got into really the fucking like gory and fucking like supernatural supernatural shit. Because mm-hmm. this is a good fucking movie. It just came out in a period that really was a weird spot for it to come out. True. With what Fulci was doing. Yeah. Which was because it was a fucking favorite of the producer. And yeah. The script wasn't his, and he even told he told one of the fucking actors I can't remember which one it is. To not, don't even act because the script 
doesn't allow for it was basically him saying like the script's kind of shitty so don't fucking even try to act just read your fucking lines really <laughs> yeah oh wow but it was his way of saying like the script kind of sucks well and because most of the cast or a good chunk of the cast has worked with Fulci before he kind of already knows what he's going to get from him so he's kind of like just do what you do and we'll call it a day there's rumor um Fuck, who was it? I think it was the the detective from Scotland Yard. The one, the guy from the Beyond. Oh, yeah. There's rumor, I think it was him, that he got into it with Fulci and it ended up actually leading to, like, fists flying. Really? Like, they actually got into it. Which Fulci was known to kind of be kind of a prick as a director to his actors. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I'd believe it. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got that uh, same thing David Lynch had. Not, no fists are going to fly, but David Lynch expects, like, the moon and stars out of his actors and actresses to where they're like, this motherfucker is, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> but in the end result is, like, worth it, you know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, he just has a way of trying to just, like, coaxing that, whatever they have and you notice that David Lynch uses a lot of the same actors and actresses in his movies too Laura Dern's been in fucking a hundred Lynch movies so like Fulci I I totally I can see that he was kind of hard to deal with at times oh yeah but the end result totally worth it man you know what I mean yeah and um yeah it's weird to think you know fucking zombie uh, what was the one in 1980? Uh-huh. City. City of the Living, yeah. And then the Black Cat, and then House by the Cemetery. Actually, House by no. the Cemetery got released first. First, and the then... Black Cat, then Beyond. Then the Beyond, yeah. And then uh, some made-for-TV stuff, and then Zombie 3, yeah, was which like, was loosely kind of a Fulci movie. Yeah, it was... He did like 50 minutes of it yeah something like that but uh the black cat just kind of fits in there in a weird spot like you said and you gotta go into it with like an open mind you know like i I think it gets overlooked yeah i think it really does get overlooked and uh, i just think because of where it got released people just look at it as a bad movie which is not it's not his greatest obviously but it's not bad no, it's not bad at all. I li- I liked it. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, it's got um, aspects of different genres in it, you know, like the slasher POV or the Jalo POV, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, good good special effects and the the dialogue wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Um, it tells a story. I I liked it. I thought it was great. I highly recommend it to anyone that's a fan of Fulci. Yeah, absolutely. Because this came out in his prime, you know, and we all know that Fulci and Argento have made movies that weren't so great. Oh, yeah. Both of them has made some fucking questionable movies. Towards the end of Fulci's, or, yeah, towards the end of Fulci's career, he's made some, if he's... Good Lord. Uh, the Wax Mask. Don't know what the fuck was up with that. It was not the worst I've ever seen, but it wasn't the best. Well, that was initially he was supposed to do that, but he didn't. He did, like, parts of it. Yeah. And then, like, that's when he got sick. Right. And then 
it ended up being the special effects artist, I think, who ended up stepping in to direct it. With Argento. With Argento, yeah. Yeah. But, like, so it was kind of like a weird hodgepodge to begin with. Yeah. Because yeah. Argento was, like, trying to help Fulci out, even though they fucking were at, like, odds with each other always. Hated each other. I don't even think, I think, honestly, that was mainly Fulci. I don't think that was so much Argento. Yeah, because Fulci had a reputation for being a dick a little bit. Well, also, Fulci always saw himself as not getting credit in Italy or, like, anywhere, like, abroad, as, like, Argento did. He always looked at himself as not getting, like, the recognition he deserved. But Argento was getting all that. Well, I mean, he even said like, "Well, I can't remember what he fucking what his quote was about like, when I die, the newspaper will, newspapers will read like, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but it was basically like diminishing his himself." Oh wow! And I think that's where a lot of because it's been a while since I really read about it, but I think that's where a lot of the animosity with him and Argento came was he. It was just kind of like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, but you gotta you're think. getting all this shit. I'm not. Or I'm doing just as good as fucking work. Suspiria came out before any of the heavy hitters that Fulci did. And that is a reveled movie. That is like a sought after fucking decorated movie. The way it was shot. The way all that. And then Fulci's like, well, you know. This guy hit fucking 62 home runs. I want to hit 73. You know? And I think that's where uh, Fulci kind of got like that. Because he was like, man, how come I'm not getting the due that he's getting? Well, it's like Suspiria was like the biggest Italian movie, horror movie, for a long time. And it wasn't until Zombie came out that Fulci started getting like recognition. You know what I mean? And even then, I don't know. Those two were always neck and neck, kind of. But Those are two that I really wish were just on better terms in general. I know. I know, because you get those two together, man. You know. I mean, the wax mask wasn't that bad. It was It was okay. But what was the one that Argento put out? Dracula 3D? Dracula 3D. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, man? They did a viewing of that, a screening of that at Horror Hound. Horror Hound. And I just heard it was awful. It's not great. It's fucking definitely not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I can say about it. Yeah. It is not fucking great. It is not great. But, yeah. Uh, the Black Cat. Definitely check it out. Um, jam the theme song because it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's short. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's with it. It's with it. It's it's what the cool kids are doing. But uh, I think that's all we have on the black cat. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the black cat. I mean, you you know it. Mm-hmm. You you know it as much as we know it. Yep. But you should check it out. Um, and if you want to hit us up, you want to check us out. You can hit us up on uh, our website, burnofferingspodcast dot com. And uh, I know we've talked about that fucking goddamn trivia game. 
yeah. forgot about it for a minute, but I need to pick it back up and finish coding it. There's a couple. There's, it's almost done. There's just a couple things I need to do because right now it's really not responsive. So when fucking it's showing up on a small screen, it looks like fucking garbage. Oh, wow. <laughs> I need to fucking I need to fix that. Yeah. Um, so that's coming still. But yeah, hit us up on our website and then hit us up on Instagram. We are Burn Offerings underscore Podcast, and then if you're on the Facebook, we are Burn Offerings Horror Podcast, and then on the Twitter. The Twitter, we are underscore burnt offerings. If you're waiting on an order from us, I'm going to ship it this week. I'm going to try to get all the orders shipped out Monday. So, uh, yeah. I think that's about it. Yep. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you. Yep. See you guys later.